It's the Sunday MMA show. What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. This is your Sunday MMA show. I'm your host, Ruben on Gallon Jr. This is my co-host, Trent McGregor. What's going on, brother? What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? So this is being filmed at 9.25 in the morning, November 1st on a Sunday. How does it feel to get that extra hour backwards? <laughs> Do you oh, know about the daylight? Yeah, daylight savings time. Did you realize that? We got the extra hour back. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So if you felt a little bit more... Uh, more alive today that's probably why <laughs> get that extra hour of sleep but let's get right to it man UFC Vegas 12 last night what we might have seen well what we probably Anderson Silva's last fight in the UFC against Uri Hall gets knocked out uh you know in the third round um thoughts about that I mean it was it was uh I thought or sorry fourth round yes rather fourth round third round he almost got finished that's what I'm thinking of he got finished and he got saved by the horn and then uh Rye Hall went to work in the fourth round um weird weird finish I thought the first two rounds belonged to Anderson Silva I had scored 20 to 18 uh the beginning of the fight and then uh, Roy Hall just kind of turned it up, and I think that's just where the the when someone's a little bit younger, they can go a little bit further. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, uh, physically, physically, Uriah Hall is far more in shape than Anderson Silva probably has ever been. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he has a huge advantage there. He, you know, he just now nah, he's uh, it was a little a little bit of a mismatch when it comes to like physicality in a way you know and when you're like 46 is he 45 46 45 yeah he might as well, he might as well be 50 right his body <laughs> is to be honest though he did all right he did pretty good and he really tried you've seen him out he really tried there but he just like i just don't think their ability to take punches at that age is good either you know what i mean and it can't be good for you bro i don't Not really want to i didn't want to i don't want to see him I don't want to see him fight. I didn't want to see him fight Jared Cannonier. I think he should have quit. He should have retired when he fought Israel. He fought really well against Israel. He didn't get finished. And like that was, Israel was clearly the guy. You know what I mean? He was coming up. You're right, Hall's not the guy. He's like, he's old too. You know, he's like 37, 38. Yeah, I mean, like, that's something so- like that. So you're, yeah. I think, uh, well, think Anderson's 45, your eyes 36. Um, and there's so many, so you brought up some really good points about this conversation. Um, the first half of the fight, I thought Anderson showed what he was so good at throughout his entire career, right? The variety of strikes, the misdirection, um, you know, just the footwork, his, his ability to play games and put you in laws and strike when you least expect it. I thought that was so fun to see in the first two rounds. Um, but then, yeah, later on in the the third round, that was all Uriah Hall nearly finished him before the horn, and then the fourth round took him down, knocked him down, and, and finished him on the ground there before Herb Dean called it quits. If you look at um, Anderson Silva's older fights, bro, you notice even in the clinching and wrestling situations, he's a lot. He's actually he was stronger than ninety percent of his opponents. He was he would toss people around. You know what I mean? He doesn't have that ability anymore, not at all. And I don't know if it is, I don't want to say that, I don't know if it's PDs or what, but what I will say, 
is PD. People people forget what that gives you is extreme confidence. Extreme confidence. It literally changes the way you think. You know what I mean? And Anderson, like he, that's the reason why he lost to Chris Weidman was because he was overconfident, right? But he would have won that fight ten times out of ten if he wasn't being stupid. You know what I mean? That that's one of the funniest fights ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, he's sitting there, he's mocking him, he's standing there with the hands down, and then he gets knocked out. I mean, um, but- and he just he doesn't have any doesn't have the sting behind his punches. He doesn't have the cardio that he used to. Like he just doesn't have the ability. Like he didn't really throw any head kicks or anything. You know what I mean? He threw a couple. Yeah, he threw a couple. But like you can, you can tell that he's the. You can tell it's just a 45, 46-year-old version of Anderson Silva, and no one wants to see that. Yeah, you know? I mean, it would it would have been nice. I think uh, Urihel was was in some ways the wrong matchup to give him if you wanted to send him off on a on a W. But uh, Dana, you know, at post-fight interview, Anderson said, I'm not sure if this is going to be last fight. Everything's in the air. And then Dana goes, yeah, I never want to see him fight in the UFC again. So I don't want to see him fight ever again. Um, he had an incredible career. I think he's got to stop racking up the L's. He's already taken three in a row now, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, Dana's um, Dana doesn't beat around the bush. Hey, eh? he's pretty, he's pretty rough when it comes to that stuff. He was bagging on Uriah Hall pretty hard too. He's like, this kid's the most gun shy fighter in the UFC. I was thinking, shit, like, you know, like chill, bro. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, he's... at least leave him have his moment. Yeah, I mean, well, Uriah Hall is the, you know, yesterday I texted you, um, you know, Greg Hardy's an enigma. I mean, we can talk about that, whatever. But you know, he, at the end of the day, he's he's he is what he is. But with um, Uriah Hall, you would have thought he had the potential to be a pretty special fighter back then when he first started. He had all oh, the he physical tools. He had all the physical tools. He had great kickboxing skills. But yeah, Dana White is right to call him out. He's gun shy. He's ranked 10th in the division. The guy is still calling for a title shot, but he hasn't done anything. He's been so inconsistent throughout his career where he's had special performances, great finishes, and then he's lost on the bad side. His career has been, quite frankly, an enigma where you just hope for, to see that potential. You see it. You see glimpses of it, but you never see it throughout the the rest of his career. Now, this is how I see it, bro. This is like sometimes it's not all the time, but especially with some people, it's a young man's game. Like, uh, like he still has the same physical ability. Like, Uriah Hall's in sweet shape. His skills, I mean, over time, you would think they got better unless he just stopped training so you think he's got better skills and he's still as physically capable as he ever was but here's an analogy here's the analogy that i'm going to use you take a you take a 35 37 year old man and put him in a car just driving to work and then you take an 18 year old and the 18 year old is far more likely to drive like an idiot right that's one of those that's that confidence thing <laughs> the fearless. he's he's the fearless whereas I don't know if you want to call it mature, you know what I mean? That's what we call it now, but in, in this, and in what Dana White's calling it is gunshy. That's what he's calling it. He's not beating around the bush at all. He's right to say <laughs> that, though. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's harsh, though. I was, I was saying, <laughs> honesty, 
honesty without compassion is cruelty, you know, and, and fighters are sensitive people, bro. And he's literally just bagging on him after, after that win. And what, what a weird situation to be in when you're literally fighting the guy who you started fighting because of, you know, Absolutely. what a weird situation. He, I don't like, he really, like he, he like teared up after that and was like, didn't want to hurt him in that. I don't know. It's probably not what I would do or, I, don't, I would I'm, never want to fight, you know, let's say you had your favorite fighter of all time and you're in the cage with him and you knock him out. I mean, that's kind of like everyone's coming in and saying, we hope Anderson walks away with a win, right? To send him off on his flowers, you know, and all that stuff. And if you're the guy that's knock him in a, knocking him out and then you're still Uriah Hall where you're in a situation where I don't think he's ever going to get a title shot. Um, this is one of those fights where it's kind of like it's a disappointing ending because if it's not an Anderson win, um, mm. it's disappointing because Uriah, Uriah Hall doesn't move the needle for the organization, especially in the division. Um, I think we can both agree that he's never going to get a title shot. Nah, he, he he won't even even if he were even if he was to say that that option was open, he wouldn't be able to beat the guys that are in front of him. No, not even close. No. Yeah. So interesting, but let's let's stick on the positive side with Anderson Silva. What an incredible career. And I wanted to touch base on this small conversation. This small topic is what is the biggest what if fight? And on my list, I have GSP and Anderson Silva at number one. Nah, because if you take them both in your in their prime, if that's what the what if fight's got to be, then um Anderson Silva wins that fight every day of the week. You think so? If Silva, oh, easy. GSP is my Silva's favorite fighter fight. of all time. So I think this is a, <laughs> this is a very biased. He's not gonna even in his prime. He's probably not gonna beat Anderson Silva in his prime. Look what Anderson Silva did to like light heavyweights, bro. With jabs, knocked him out. Will come in and just like pl- toyed with people. He literally toyed with people. Every single one of GSP's fights was a fight. You know, even if he was dominant, it was still a fight. There was still resistance on both sides. Anderson Silva went years without resistance. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not because everyone sucked. It was because he was the man, bro. Like, he was the Don. He, he literally was the Don at the time. He's the reason why I got into this shit. You know what I mean? Anderson Silva is a special, special individual. I mean, he was the, and I can't remember who quoted it back in the day, but he was the future of fighting back then. I mean, he came in with an incredible array of striking ability. Um, We don't talk enough about his jujitsu, but he does everything, man. Anderson Silva was so special. And I mean, just the way he was knocking out people. You remember that front kick? Was that against Vitor? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. That was my favorite knockout of all time. And then you I was know, just I remember Yeah, go ahead. Like that easy. Yeah. I was thinking I just remember thinking that easy. Like he did that was like he just made everything look so easy too. And it's not easy, it's skills. Like, um, I think like here's an argument though. Like if you got took the middleweight George St. Pierre that for uh Michael Bisping. And at that same time in their careers, and you switch that out with Anderson Silva, then you've got a then you've got a fight. So you Anderson think... Silva's not his prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? GSP's he looked pretty damn good. 
you know, for a guy that had a big layoff. He was pretty dominant against um, Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping beat Anderson Silva, but the MMA math, there goes the fight. I don't know if it's one that I want to see, though. That's we'll never see really it. For it. That, well, that's why we're talking nah. about what if fights, right? I mean, I think that was that's the biggest one on my list. I mean, if you don't agree with me, who is the biggest what if? Because I know you're saying Anderson would have won anyways. But with without the thinking of the result, I think you had two of the best fighters to ever grace the octagon. Between GSP and Anderson John Silva, Jones? that would have been special. John what Jones about and, John Jones and Silva and Anderson Silva? Mm. See, here's the thing: I think John Jones wins that <laughs> ten times out of ten. But yeah, probably. You know what I mean? So that's that's for me the biggest what if is because I think it would have been a much. There's more feasibility between GSP and Anderson Silva. Versus well, a John Jones and Silva fight. I think I think that would have made a lot more sense. Let's not talk about what ifs and what's actually. <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> fine, fine. So let's talk. So you know, let's give Anderson his flowers. We're never going to see him in the UFC again, according to Dana White. Yeah. Um, let's toast Come, him for an incredible Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely goes down to the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred. A little bit tainted by. Uh, PEDs and he had a rough run at the end of his career, but he's still like he's a he's an icon. He's an icon, you know. There's, and there's very few of that in sport, even though the sport is still 25, 26 years young. Um, you know, you go through the years and you look at the guys like Chuck Liddell's, and um, you can go as far back yeah. to say the Gracies. You have GSP. You have Silva. Um, you, at some at one point you had you know the Rashad Evanses and um, you know these are the big names that if you talk about MMA to a casual person you know these are the names that they're going to bring up and, and if Anderson Silva's yeah. name is brought up you know he's Ronda in. Rousey she was a beast too yep yeah yep. so, moving on we'll go to the we'll go to the co-main event and talk about Bryce Mitchell fighting Andre Feely that was uh, that was, that a, was good, a fun fight that was a good fight that was yeah. a good fight but um. Uh, Bryce Mitchell undefeated as well, and Andre Philly is no slouch, bro. He's a beast. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember him a few years ago. He was he he's like leveled up. He's leveled up something wicked, bro. He um he was never as he was never as good as what he is now, and he's but he's a super veteran. You know that, right? He's been in the game a long ass time. And uh, Bryce Mitchell, I remember him. He was on. I think he was on the same. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He's on. Do you remember Brad Tacoma? And uh, he was on a featherweight one. I can't remember who was the coaches though. Maybe even Conor McGregor and Uriah Hall. I could be wrong. Actually, I think I'm wrong on that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I remember him from uh, the Ultimate Fighter, and he did pretty damn well on there too. He was obviously undefeated. He's a damn beast, bro. He's a great fighter. I think he. Uh... I think he's thrown himself into the featherweight conversation. I mean, the, the, you know, let's, let's be, let's be quite frank. I think the featherweight division since Connor left was Max and Jose. And from the top of my head, you know, thinking from a casual perspective, there's really no one else that you can think of in the featherweight division. Um, Volk obviously took it away from Max. Um, I think he uh, lost the second fight, won the first one, but now you're looking at these guys, Hakeem Dawadu. The, the young kid from Cal from uh, I think he's from Calgary, the Canadian kid. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell five in a row now. 
Um, I think the featherweight conversation is pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I don't see those guys being um, among the elite. The, they're not elite yet. They could be. They're just not there yet. Hakeem or Bryce Mitchell, they're in the – they should be like top 15, top 10, around there somewhere. That's about what they're – what they who they should be fighting, I guess. But um, uh, to be comparing someone like either – like Hakeem or Bryce Mitchell to someone like Volkanovski is, uh, is ridiculous. It's not like – yeah. Yeah, so I mean like that's that's my point I think is it's kind of Volk, Max or Tiger. Yeah, yeah, well he's next for the fight. Let's right? He's going to be fighting Volk, but that's what I'm saying is right now it's kind of a it's a very small handful of individuals that are at that elite level. And I guess no, my part um, is you know I'm trying to I think we're trying to I'm trying to boost up the Hakeems and the Bryce Mitchells because I think those guys are at some point going to find their way into the conversation. For sure, but um, no, you got who's the um Dagestani Zabit? Oh, Zabit, uh, yeah, um, oh, not uh, Mago Mexican kid in there as well, yeah, yeah. Then you have the Mexican kid, uh, what's his name, Rodriguez? Is it uh, um, what's his name, Yair? Yeah, Yair Rodriguez, yeah, he's a beast. That's the zombie still there, like. Yeah, yeah, Korean's right like there, Korean, yeah. but uh, you know he's got to bounce back off of that fight. Um, yeah, yeah, so let's, let's, let's take it. Yeah, yeah. So we've got obviously Volk, who's got the title. Um, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Zabit is fourth. Um, yeah. There's Yair. There's uh, yeah, Korean Zombie, Calvin uh, Calvin Qatar. Right, Beast. Dan, Edson Barboza, Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell's at 11. And I think one name we tend to forget a little bit because he's been around for a while but has taken a few L's is Jeremy Stevens. Right? Jeremy uh, Stevens yeah, don't worry about him. Yeah. He hasn't upskilled in a long time. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck <laughs> is that guy? <laughs> that is forever going to be, um, unfortunately... The thing that we all remember Jeremy Stevens by is getting owned by Conor McGregor mm-hmm. <laughs> and the UFC 205 press uh, conference. Jer- um, Jeremy Stevens is, is a beast too. Like he's a he would probably and he's still in the conversation a little bit. I don't know if he I don't see him beating someone like um, Ortega or anyone like that. I think mm-hmm. now nah, he's already lost to him. Isn't he? I think he has. Yeah, but yeah. um, Jeremy Stevens nah, lost about, to Calvin like, in Yair. He's a gatekeeper now, right? So yeah, it's going to be much. those guys in number eleven, like Bryce Mitchell, and that that would um have to get through him. I can see Andre Philly beating him, though. Eh? I feel like that's a good fight for him. You know, and I you might hate me for this, but you know, who else I think is going to be a gatekeeper moving forward in the UFC in that division at least. Edson. Go. Edson Barboza. Yeah. I have an argument for this though, because in his last fight. He was extremely dominant, and he had like he had he pulled out some new, some new shit. He had some new moves. Yeah, but against and nobody. Like, Yo, how, oh, nah, it wasn't that. I can't remember. Macquan yeah. Amirkani, I'm playing. Macquan Amirkani, it's number twenty-two in the division. Nah, it is it is a little bit against the nobody, but 
the fact that he had some new moves. <laughs> I can't see him getting a belt, but I can see him. I can see him beating like I can see him finding someone like uh, Korean Zombie or something. I can see him winning that comic. Yeah, that would be fun. I, I was going to say, if he gets another W, I think him against, you know, Megomed Sharapov or a year, Yair or maybe a zombie. Um, I think that's a fun upcoming fight for Edson to kind of make his way back into the conversation. I mean, Edson's also yeah, kind of that guy where you've just seen some incredible finishes and performances where you kind of just hope for him to take over at some point, you know? Yeah, I don't see it happening, though. But you're right. <laughs> I think you're right with the whole gatekeeper thing. I can't, we can't, yeah, been Zabit, bro. Zabit's damn good. Um, I think Zabit's right in that title question, but his last fight against Calvin Cater, he ran out of gas, so he looked he slowed right down. And if that fight was a five rounder, he would have lost. So he he's got all the tools, but he doesn't have the cardio. So let's go away from this. All right, we'll leave that. Either way, division like how we left it, and we'll start talking about cardio and Greg Cardio Hardy. How about that? <laughs> Man, they were huffing and puffing after the first round. That was so funny. <laughs> Dude, he literally in the interview, like 15 minutes later, he's talking and then he's like, <gasps> and he's talking and then he's like, <gasps> like he was huffing bad after that fight he if he didn't get the finish then he would have lost because he has no recovery i don't know whether it's that his asthma you know he's got real bad asthma and they were bringing his inhaler in the into the um into the cage with him well i mean on top of that he nearly missed weight for the heavyweight division he was so i think well technically he is the first person to ever miss weight for the heavyweight division because i think he scaled in at 266 and a half or something like that or like he, he was he was off weight well. yeah so i i think it'd be great if he cuts weight to an optimal like 250 245 uh maybe that's too much maybe if he if he can get to that lean out a little bit um gain some more explosiveness because i mean i said this to you last night i think there's something there i think there's something there in terms of um his just raw natural ability raw natural ability listen to me he's never gonna be a championship fighter He's never going to be a championship fighter. He's not going to be amongst the elite. So let's take that out of the conversation. That's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is I, I think he's he going to be that. Whoever it is. Whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. coaching team in the world, I say it doesn't matter who it is. I can't see him winning again. I, I was, there was like a little part of me that wanted, I wanted him to lose there because I'm biased against him. But all you need to do with Greg Hardy is go to his house and put a damn treadmill in his lounge. That's all you need to do, honestly. And then you're going to have a far better guy. But he's obviously not as committed as these other guys because he's he's running out of gas. He's overweight. It's not it's not good weight. He's not shredded. He just eats a lot of shit. Yeah, and he, he just doesn't want enough. Yeah, he just he just scared of treadmills, bro. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, he's well let's uh, i'll be on the positive side um you know i'm not a big supporter yeah. of greg hardy in general just because of the uh criminal history um you know with the stuff that the domestic abuse back when he was in the nfl so i think he's a shit individual but uh 
Listen, he listen. He showed up. That punching power was pretty insane against Maurice Green. So I'll give that to him. And uh, if we see something else, I think I think we see something if he gets committed and he gets loyal to the process. I mean, he said in an interview that MMA was his number one now, taking over for football and the NFL. But uh, it still doesn't look like it. The dude is still built built like a freaking defensive linebacker. So um, <laughs> he uh, he's got to drop quite a bit of weight. Um, he's got to get committed and, and get right with his body because, I mean, that's kind of embarrassing if you're the first guy to ever uh, miss weight at heavyweight. I mean, I don't think it's very hard to to make 265 pounds for, <laughs> for an individual like that, especially with all the resources that he's available to. The man's, I'm sure, is, is, yeah. is at least a millionaire. He's got the ability to go into yeah. a gym. Um, you know, you have the resources to cook good food. I mean, the, this is a, uh, and then, but the UFC is still pouring in so many of their resources because he's a guy with a name, even though he doesn't have a huge social following, everyone knows him because he played in the NFL. So the average person is going to know who Greg Hardy is. Um, so. Yeah. I'd say give him um, Taito Ivasa next, knock his ass out. <laughs> now I, I think I'll give him props for the fact that he hasn't been doing this for very long and the ability that he has with his hands, and even saw a little bit in his grappling guest last night. He's 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 a fast learner, and he's an athletic dude, and he his ability to pick up skills quick. So there there is something there, but is he he's not elite. You're right, mm-hmm. but um the the bigger his biggest downfall was his lungs. I don't know what he's doing in his um his uh his training camps. But it sure as shit ain't cardio, bro. <laughs> um, I, I, there's, I'm sure. Hey, brother, let, let's let's uh, uh, let's talk to Greg Hardy for a sec. Um, there are such thing as CBD oils. You can use CBD oils. Um, you don't need to be huffing and puffing on the joint every day. Probably, I don't know what you're doing, or if you're eating um, five thousand pounds yeah. worth of of burgers every day. Um, dude, I think Greg Hardy is so athletic. He he's he's got natural ability. Just hone into it, and I think uh, you know he, he'll. He'll get somewhere. Um, is it a championship shot? Hell no. He's never going to touch a belt. He's not getting close to that conversation. Um, but I think just get right. I'd like to see him get right, um, especially if the UFC is going to continue to pour in resources and have him in a main card when he's only had how many fights now in the UFC? Four. That was his fourth fight in the UFC. Yeah, um, yeah he, 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 fought, he fought Volkov, didn't he? Yeah. But he lost that one. But... Um, Nah, I would like to see him fight like Ty Tuivasa. But I don't think Ty would want to fight him like going down rankings. But I just, like in a bad way, I just want to see him get whooped. You know what I mean? You know how you see those guys, you just want to see them get whooped. Yeah. And going down the card again with, uh, we'll talk about, um, yeah, we'll talk about uh, uh, our boy that had the, what's his name again? I've forgotten his name. Oh, Antiveros uh, and um, yeah, Antiveros and uh, yes. yeah, the lock and the and the, and the fall. Yeah, what's his name? Kevin Holland. We were just talking about him. Kevin Holland. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Holland. Yeah. And so and him. Yeah. What is it? Something spinal. Something something in the spine. So they they confirmed that uh, Antiveros was uh, you know he's fine and apparently he's walking, but uh, I think his spine kind of um, you know I don't know. We're not meta. We're not doctors, but. It was obviously something bad that had him not not uh, having the ability to have movement or whatever. Um, couldn't get up. I mean, he couldn't even tap. That's how bad it was. He couldn't even tap 
Um, he's literally screaming, my neck, my neck. I mean, so if you guys didn't see it last night, Kevin Holland had him in a body lock and slammed him on the floor. And I think it was kind of head first, neck first. And uh, I think everything in Antivirus' yeah, like body a, just went numb. Like a, yeah, he had one arm in, in the lock. So it was like, a, I don't know. Uh, the Yeah, just the way they fell. I think it must have just tweaked his neck a bit. But um, that guy, he was... Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say this, but he had one of those. You could. I could just tell by his face they didn't like him. You know what I mean? He had that look about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can, can can I, I, I can't get. <laughs> and then, but then when it happened, I was. I felt bad for him. But uh, with the Kevin Holland talking to Israel Adis or anything, that's just one of those things. Like Israel's not going to go out of his way to talk shit to you, bro. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah, you know, people like people act weird around people they admire, especially when they're in a position that they want to be in. So if I'm sure Kevin Holland's seen him, been like, "What up? What up?" You know, and just acting out a bit, and then uh, and and while the TVs, the cameras are on him, and Israel's sitting in the thing, why not? You're in the same division, but at the same time, you are looking like an absolute idiot. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you need to respect. Have some respect. Earn your way to it. If you were in the in the top ten, top nah, top five, then you have a you have a place to to say whatever you want to that guy. Okay, well let's let's talk you about have that. an actual chance. Yeah, let's let's talk You're about proven. that. that topic once... then, because I think you bring up a a great great point, right? And I think we kind of had this conversation last week when we were touching on the lightweight division with Khabib going away. Um, with Khabib going away, who are the guys in the conversation? And we all forget about um, um, Oliveira and Dan Hooker, right? Because these are guys that aren't are, are, are household names, but not everybody knows because they don't talk a whole lot of shit. And the UFC hasn't poured in a whole ton of resources for them to be known from a marketing aspect. Um, we can go across the board. Conor McGregor, he's earned his way to the title. He's earned his way to the championship because he's talked a whole bunch of shit, but he's backed it up. Um, and then you see a guy like Kobe Covington, who is literally on his way out of the UFC and <laughs> goes full heel with a complete personality change. Right. Um, yeah. I've got, I've got to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to chime in here, bro. Um, if you listen, everyone has said that Kobe Covington is a great guy out of the, out of his character. Everyone's like, yeah, he's actually a really nice guy when he's not pretending to be an asshole. But what, here's another analogy. If I just am like pretending to be an asshole all the time, does that make me an asshole? Yeah, it does. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm pretending to be an alcoholic and I drink alcohol every day, does that make me an alcoholic? It sure does. So he's still saying these things. These things are still coming out of his mouth. He's still wearing a mega hat everywhere he goes. The guy's an asshole. At least with Connor, he's real. He's saying some pretty out the bat sort of stuff, but he's real and he's honest and he does back it up. And he, 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 like, I don't know the whole Khabib thing for me. I didn't like that. I felt like he was influenced by possibly some substances that he maybe shouldn't have been shoving <laughs> up his nose. But you know, when you give a monkey a hundred million dollars, you know, watch the circus, bro. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's such an interesting conversation. I think this is one of the things we wanted to touch on so badly was, you know, trash talking for money fights versus, you know, who are the guys that really deserve it, you know, in the rankings. And um, uh, I think we saw it last week, even um, the one chick from the 125 division, Lauren something, um, where she's kind of been overlooked for a really long time. And uh, she spoke pretty widely about Maya getting a title shot against Shevchenko over Andrade. So, I mean, there's, there's always, there's always going to be that conversation of, um, you know, how the UFC as a promotion deals with its fighters and makes the matches. Um, I think they've been right in some of their matchmaking, obviously, because some of them are just so easy to make, but some of them have also been like, well, I mean, who's in the title picture here? Why do this person deserve it? Look at their rankings. Um, But then you also have to take into account who's lost recently, who's on a slide, who's on a winning streak. Um, and that's where we talk about Kamzat Kimaev, right? Like he's a guy who's kind of just talked his way into, into the game, right? He's talked his way into becoming a huge yeah. superstar in the league. Um, but he's uh, yeah, talk- he's not even ranked. Nah, he shouldn't. He doesn't deserve a fight against Leon Edwards. But um, he the way that he's won has also drawn a lot of eyes too. The fact that he had two fights in two weeks draws a lot of eyes. The guy draws eyes. Um, he doesn't really talk crazy shit. He just says that he wants to fight absolutely anybody, right? And um, it seemed to work. And he's fighting Leon Edwards, number three. He's literally jumped the... He, no one in USC history has ever jumped that far ahead in, um, in, in rankings ever. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great... I think he's a great fighter. I believe he's going to be in that conversation for a long time. I think my, my problem with it is... You know, the moment that people started talking about him in comparison to Khabib, the UFC just went all in on their resources and, and posted about it. And I mean, you could see the emphasis like it was purposely done to show that there's something special in this kid. And at the end of the day, the UFC kind of controls what the media looks at um, in terms of their fighters. Right. And, and Kamzat, we both agree, does not deserve to fight Leon Edwards, who's the number three in the division. But he's going to anyways. Yeah, well, think, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Well, because that, that could backfire. Leon could go in there and kick his head off. You know what I mean? Leon could go in there and beat him in every aspect, and that's very much a possibility. Because, yeah, he's a sweet wrestler, sweet grappler, but has he fought anyone with any takedown defense? Not really. He's fought no. nobodies, right? So, that comes out as a nobody, it's, technically. It's, yeah, it's he's unranked, but it's like um, this is just like who knows fight. Like I wouldn't bet on this fight. I wouldn't give too much predictions on this fight because we don't have we only have data from one guy. It's really only a, like we can only take what Leon Edwards has done, which is quite a lot. So he's probably going to be the favorite, and um, what Cam's has done, which is um, quite a lot in a short amount of time against a bunch of nobodies. And like, um, I'm probably leaning towards Leon Edwards. I am probably. I would like to see Kamza come through because I like these types of characters in the sport. I like winners. And if he goes in there and destroys them, that's awesome. But realistically, you know, he should be fighting like Mike Perry or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good yeah. fight for him. He'd probably be the favorite in that fight. You know, yeah, that would be a fun it's fight. Def- definitely a lot more winnable. Well, um, uh, Robbie Lawler fell out of Mike Perry's fight, so I don't know what they're going to do there. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's but, interesting. Um, so that welterweight division is, is, uh, is, a, is, is pretty heavy. I might, I think it might be second in the UFC in terms of talent overall. I think it goes lightweight and then it goes the welterweight division. Um, but yeah, I think comes comes at such an interesting prospect, right? Cause he's so, he's so well liked by casuals and the hard fans and the media and the UFC has obviously poured in a whole ton of crap into marketing the guy. Um, they have him fighting their number three, but Leon Edwards is as much as a killer as anybody in that division. Right. And so for us to go in there and saying, man, we hope that comes is going to win is kind of in some ways a negative for the sport, because now we're, we're saying that nobody's can just come out of nowhere and, and, and earn their way to a title shot or earn their way into the conversation, but it's, also not trying to take away from Kamzat's abilities, right? I mean, it's such a weird conversation regarding him because this is unprecedented. It's never been for no no unranked guy has ever jumped up so far ahead to fight the number three. Nah, but it's interesting. I wouldn't feel very good about it if I was Leon Edwards. I wouldn't feel, yeah, but at the same time, you know, he might go in there and embarrass him, bro. And if that happens... If Leon Edwards goes in there and, and embarrasses him, this is where the last time that we see an unranked guy fight someone in the top five, guarantee it. 100%. I mean, at least but, from a guy who hasn't been ranked before. I mean, that's kind of the conversation, right? Because a bunch of unranked guys come out and, and fight the top tens all the time, but we're talking about Kamzat, who's only had so many fights in the UFC and is kind of coming out of nowhere. Technically, he's a nobody. So... I mean, let's see where yeah. that goes. Um, yeah, well, that's all just like uh, that's that's all just we'll just let's we'll see we'll see when it happens. It'll be interesting. Great fight to watch. Great um, fight to stay tuned to. Um, um, the, we, the another fight that got announced was um, uh, Makachev dos Angeles. Yes. I'm pretty high on Islam. Yes, bro. I am too. Oh my goodness. That's going to be fun. That is going to be so that fun. That division. Like, I really think that Islam is going to be. Uh, <laughs> I, we're talking about all these guys in the top right now, like Connor, uh, Dustin, Justin, Dan, and Michael Chandler. But give it a year or two, bro, and um, Islam Makachev will be in there too. And like, when you have the commitment from the AKA guys and um, Khabib and basically the legacy of his father and that and the whole that whole group of Dagestani killers, when they're focusing on one person, because that's what they're doing. They're like, Khabib is like, uh, you know, uh, it's Islam's time now. I'm going to dip out. When someone like that says that, he's going to put his full energy into coaching that man to success and he's done it before himself who better to do it and he's also a very capable training partner for him and if you have someone like that who trains alongside um islam and could be trained together like crazy and he's telling people like dude he's gonna be the champ you know he's the next one you gotta take his word for it man <laughs> you know yeah I mean, this is the guy that you train with every day. This is guy, the guy you spend some of your waking hours with, right? And if he's being tested by this guy and uh, and Khabib's going into the octagon on, on fight night, on pay-per-view night, and uh, 
he's not getting very much trouble with anybody. Um, yeah, you have to take his word for it for sure. So he's definitely a hot prospect, and I'm pretty sure he's going to beat um, RDA. I would say. Yeah, I mean RDA. RDA yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, I would say RDA has kind of, you know, he's he's off the path now, right? I think he's he's yeah. on his way to becoming that gatekeeper, and um, obviously his name was so big prior to you know the, the potential Connor fight before that fell out. Um, so Saturday, November twenty first, it's going to be UFC two five five. Yeah, you're right. So it's it's uh, Figueroa and well, Perez. November 21st. Yeah, November twenty first. Yeah. So in about two three weeks, we're going to have Figueroa and Perez. And then you're going to have Shevchenko and Maya. So that's going to be yeah. a... So we got some stuff to talk about next week. Definitely moving into the next couple of weeks, we'll be analyzing this card. And uh, hopefully some news breaks out about the new card and the, the new year with Connor and Dustin. But as we say, everyone, thank you guys for, for tuning in to episode five of the Sunday MMA show. I'm Ruben Don Gallon Jr. For my co-host, Trent McGregor. Thank you guys for listening in. Stay tuned. See you guys next week.